These tools are for you to use. I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My guest this week is Mary Williamson. Mary Williamson, yet another guest recommended to me by Katie Llewellyn, a friend of mine, and also one of the four Pigeon Level patrons on my Patreon, who I shout out every week. The other three being Kurt Chang, also a former guest, Fred Fidewa, and Susie Carroll. Thank you to them. If you want to support me on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr. I talked to Mary for this episode, and she was a blast. She's an actor. We have a bunch of friends in common. That's kind of how it works in Chicago. You've been around long enough, and pretty much any art scene has connecting edges. Mary is also a member of the crew that puts up that Fly Honey show. Every year, well, except for the last two years, uh, thanks to the pandemic. But the Fly Honey Show is a big event every year in Chicago, and Mary's a big part of that. One thing I want to tell you about before we get into it is Mary Axon and designed a bunch of special effects makeup for a show that The Hideout is releasing virtually on Saturday, May 29th. The show is called Grelly. G-R-E-L-L-E-Y, period. And that show is at 8 p.m. on Saturday, May 29th. And it's 15 bucks. And you can get those tickets. You can find out more about the show if you go to the link in the show notes to The Hideout. So I think it is time for you to enjoy this episode of This Is Your Afterlife with Mary Williamson. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town. But I imagine you as like G.I. Jane style yeah, things. See, like, you know what I'm saying? I, that's yeah. what they, I mean, it sort of goes into that stuff. The last lawyer that I, I read for, to be fair, well, and I didn't get the part too. So obviously it there wasn't you go. for it. But it said that she wore combat boots every day. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> lawyer that's, that's really like funny. a little rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She like got into law to like protect her friends punk houses or something like right, that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think people just have a hard time nailing me down, which I, I it used to bother me and now I'm like that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> well, it's a very like it sounds like very cool to say at parties like I think people just have a hard time nailing me down. <laughs> That's like people very... just have like a really hard time nailing me down, you know? Well, do you is your <laughs> is your main crew not that anyone not that need to have a main crew, but I was trying to like you know, Chicago's small enough and I've been here long enough that it's easy enough to plot myself in relationship to wherever someone's thing is. Totally. And I know it seems like the Fly Honey crew is maybe your crew. Does that feel? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's like I've hosted that show the whole time that it's been running. I've been like involved in it the whole. That's like one of my. Yeah, that's like family, you know. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I've, I've hosted and written for that show since its inception, um, which the last time we did it was year 10, but that was like two years ago at this point. Oh my God, because we couldn't do a show last year. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
if we were doing a show this year, it would be year 12. But yeah, that's why I've been part of like the creative team for that since the beginning. That seems like a really nice, like family vibe. It is. I mean, it became this kind of like really big community of people and there's certainly people who work on it all the time and are like really heavily involved. And then there's kind of like layers of other people involved in it and people go. And so it just keeps getting bigger. Like the, I don't know, everybody who talks about it, who's been in it or even has gone to seen it talks about like community, I, you know, like that word is so vague sometimes. Cause like community can be so many things. And I feel community like it can so be people, toxic if you want it to be totally exactly. And <laughs> yeah. I feel like, Sometimes that word gets claimed in a way that's like, uh, okay, like, all right. But it truly, it truly is that sense of like, and I think also because the show is about sex positivity and body positivity in like a very, like, no bullshit, like that straight up is what it's about. (laughs) Like, it's not like, again, body positivity, I feel like is something that people claim when it's like, no. That's not actually what you're doing. <laughs> How so? Like, it's like a uh, bunch of skinny people claiming they're yeah, being body positive? Like, I don't know. I was just reading an article about, like, all the shit in, like, when I was a teenager, like, Seventeen magazine and th- those things were really popular. And they would have, like, side by side, essentially, like, an article about, like, how to, you know, get fit next to, like, a celebrate your body, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's this mixed messaging of, like, okay, like you're just, I also feel like body positivity is being capitalized on by people who really have like no right to like, there there's people who are like monetizing it, right? Like people yeah. who are like commercializing it in a certain way. So that there, I just am very like wary of, of as a person who writes for a show that is like about that stuff, like what we're actually claiming and like where we're putting like putting words into action actually. And like what the, the group of people that you are looking at doing this show actually look like. And like the range of the humanity that exists in that community is like, I, is I I think why so many people truly feel like it is a welcoming community that they do feel like it's really part of, of that they can really be part of it. What do you hope happens when you die? Oh, God. Okay, I feel like this is going to sound... No, fuck that. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Don't qualify. Preemptively. (laughs) I hope worms eat my body. And, like, there's nothing. I hope I just go away. And, like, the energy from my body just, like, transfers into the earth. And, like, maybe I help something grow. Okay. And (laughs) you say hope in a like very energetic, like excited way. Is this come from a place of like, I'm exhausted and I really need to, to be, I I hope to be done at that future point or. I just, I don't know. I think I just have a, a really hard time imagining that it's possible that anything else happens. Like, like, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it would be a bad thing that I think it's sort of selfish that we think that we're like that important, that we're going to have some like magical life in the clouds or like, or even 
go to hell or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like burn in eternity. Like, I feel like it makes a lot more sense that, um, like, uh, like that nature just takes us back and like, we just fade away. Like our consciousness just goes back into transfers into some other kind of energy. And the most I could hope for is that like, I help something else. I, my energy helps something else grow. That sounds exciting to me. Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) Let me, let me challenge you and propose this though. What if it's just as selfish to say, I can't imagine anything beyond my material reality. This is all that I've ever been presented with. And thus, this must be the only thing that exists. Is that not equally in a, well, in a different way? Yeah, man. Selfish? I guess I'm I'm fucking selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but let me, so let me also ask you this. Does it, because it freaks me, the, the complete, cessation of consciousness freaks me the fuck out man does it yeah, not I think you that's kind of why I, I think i kind of like it <laughs> i like why <laughs> okay so it does scare you yeah i mean i'm not gonna say like it, it i'm not i'm like cool man i'll die whenever like just let the worms eat my skull <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i mean cool which is kind of what you said <laughs> but uh that's kind of did i seem like i was like, like yeah man whatever <laughs> What did I say earlier, though? Like, people have a hard time nailing me down. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Even the worms, man. They just slide off my body and they can't really get in there. Worms can't pigeonhole me, dude. (laughs) (laughs) No, I... It is scary. I mean, death is scary. But I think... I, I guess for me, like, I feel... There's, like, a spirituality, like, with... I'm, I have, I am, a, I'm a, I have no religion. Like that was, I didn't grow up with religion. Like I, uh, my mom was like, nature is our church. <laughs> um, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> yeah. Like That's literally my amazing. mom just said that, which she grew up like Irish Catholic. So like she's sat in Catholic school and like listened to fucking Latin. So like, I don't blame her for like, going extremely the other way. And I think, you know, my brother and sister had some more like, I think they went to like Catholic church when we were younger. I have like a very vague memory of church. And my mom was like, I remember at one point, like when I was in like junior high, I was like, we don't like, why don't we go to church? Like what? Or like, or like fifth grade, sixth grade kind of, because I was feeling like, it was from a purely selfish place of like, I'm trying to fit in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but my mom was like, you can go to church, like with your friends, like you can do it, you know, whatever. Uh, and I immediately was like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did go. I did. I uh, even up until like high school, like, you know, you go to sleepover and you like go with a friend to there. So I went to a bunch of different churches, many different experiences, some wildly different. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I like, I feel like my mom's not wrong. Like nature is my church. Like that to me feels like, I feel circling back to what I was talking about. That's like, I do feel like there, I have a spirituality in that way. So there, I don't think 
I, but it feels connected to like the earth and the universe and like, and like science, <laughs> which seems a little, I feel like there's a lot we don't know, obviously. Yeah. And I feel like there's like some scientific things about like energy and, and the way, the way that everything is connected on the planet in the, the nature in that way, that to me feels exciting. And that if I could get to be back into like a part of that after I die, that that would be ideal. <laughs> so the, the next big question I have is based on my one man show that this show kind of grew out of. Yeah. Where we're in the afterlife. I'm giving people orientation to uh to the afterlife as I imagine it. And one of the things I say is that you get to like fully relive one memory. So it's not that all the rest are wiped, but you do have to choose just one that you get to fully drop down into whenever you want. So if that were the case and you had like say this room it's like, this is the one memory that you've chosen. Feel free to pop in there whenever you want. <laughs> what memory so would hard. you choose? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be like, don't, you don't have to encapsulate your whole life. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to think about like, you don't, don't be too perfectionistic with it. But if you did have to choose, what would that memory be? Fuck. I'm like so bad at these kinds of questions. <laughs> what do you mean bad? We no, you know when people are like, name your ultimate thing. I'm like, oh, I have no ultimate. Well, thing. that's why it doesn't have to be an ultimate thing. It's just a thing. Just any memory that I can relive. Just a relivable memory. Yeah, I don't know. This is like probably like, like going on vacation with like my family when I was a kid we used to go to like the upper peninsula of Michigan this might be like a like a Nash's place too to be perfect okay okay but like cabin on Lake Superior like swimming in the water like it's cold like really cold water but like you know my mom's yelling at me like you're gonna get hypothermia and I'm like I'm fine <laughs> uh you know like playing on the the beach there which like the beaches there, the beach that we had at the cabin that we would go to, was like white sand. You're like, what? Like, where are we? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like, again, I guess nature is kind of like a theme for me. But when it comes to like these like sort of important or like. So about how old are you during these vacations? Oh, God. It's like, more than once. Yeah. We used to do it like every summer. Okay. And then I think the last time I went was like I was in my like early 20s. So. But I'm thinking like when, when I was, I'm thinking like eight or nine, you know what I mean? Okay. Is there a, is there a feeling you associate with it? Cause there's things like this for me. Like one of them is like, I remember riding swings on my chest and, and, the, and it yeah, comes really. with this. Yeah. It comes with this really specific feeling. Is there yeah. a feeling like that, that you associate with say that being out in the water moment yeah i think it's like that that like i can you know the the toes in the sand it's the sort of weird thing of like excitement but also feeling safe 
Mm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. safe in that, like my family's there and it's just us and it's, I can run around and my brother's like blowing up sandcastles with, with, you know, like firecrackers and uh, you know, my sister and I are like running into the water and it's that feeling of like, we make also it's like a, like a really, we would drive up to the upper peninsula mm-hmm. and it's like my brother and my sister and me, which my brother's like 10 years older than me. So it's like, 15 year old five my sister's 10 and i'm five you know okay. say that's the age range and like you're in a car for like 10 nine hours something mm-hmm. more than that i think and getting out and like finally getting there and like but that feeling of that that water is like so cold it's like uh it's like you it it takes your breath away like when you first dunk into it that sort of feeling of like (gasps) yeah (laughs) so that it's it's uh and then your body acclimatizes to it and it's like you and it and lake superior is like it feels so clean it's not like salt water it feels like it's a fresh water you know so i don't know there's something about it it was really simple it was like a really no frills vacation kind of thing. My family was like, not like a theme park family. We were, mm. uh, let's go play Uno in the woods. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so I think that's, I think that's what that's about. If I'm going to examine that, that there it's, it's, it was like so exciting, but also like calming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's something about the the cleanliness and the sharp intake of breath that's really compelling too. And 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 maybe it's like it's also compelling to hear that you're like cooped up in the car for so long. So there's right. all these like things that are kind of pushing against each other. You're like cooped up and you're finally free. You're exploring yes. and it's dangerous enough that your mom is like at least performing like, worry about you. Yeah, but totally. you're feeling safe. Right. Um, and then, and then it's interesting because, uh, you know, it, the stars at night up there are like absolutely overwhelming, like absolutely just, there's no light pollution. So it's just wild. And you can see the Aurora Borealis a lot of times too. Um, wow. I remember the first time I saw that, like sitting at the campfire, like seeing that and I also went up there enough times that like uh, in later years, like my sister and I like ate some mushrooms and like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so it's interesting because that, that intake of air feeling is also something that when we were one time we were in mushrooms, like laying on the beach, the sand is like so soft and the stars are absolutely overwhelming, especially when you're on mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And it was that the same kind of thing of like, and the release of air then it's like almost the opposite like the like like releasing air is like a similar but almost opposite feeling and i remember what that this time that we took mushrooms and the the northern lights came out and i was like is the sun coming up like it's light over there and then the most wild like it wasn't colorful. It was just white light, just white light that was like shooting across the sky. 
and I'm laying in the sands, like just like the, like breathing, just connecting with your breath too. There's something very. Well, it's elemental. It's like the most basic life force. Like breathing is, means you're alive, you know? Absolutely. And it feels like when you're in a space like that, where it's like, we are out in nature that it is not man, you know, it's not built out. It's not, you feel really alone. And, uh, it feel, you kind of feel like the earth is like breathing with you. You know, there's something about that too. And I think going into water and having that intake of air, intake of air, and it feels like the, the lake is kind of lifting you up and that in the sand, like releasing air, looking at the sky and it's kind of taking you in, you know, that it's like, there's this, I think this, this goes back to what I said about like what I want. Like, I just want the worms to like eat my skull, man. Like that there's a a push and pull of just like everything around us that I feel like we don't even pay attention to when we're not, when we're walking on the street in Chicago, you like, you don't always like feel the breath of the earth. Yeah. It reminds me of those like precipitation posters that show you the cycle of like rain and then water and then evaporation except it's with your own breath or yeah totally i love that the question is what's your coma and i ask that because i was in a coma for a month holy shit yeah and 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 was almost taken off life support, and people thought I died, and there was this Facebook eulogy moment. Oh, my God. So this is what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so, like, pretty clear. Oh, my God, a Facebook eulogy. Holy shit. Thank you. It's, it's, It's weird to be, to have processed it to the point where I can say it, and I think because I'm not making a big deal out of it, people don't let it wash over them in the same way. The way that yeah. you like um, show a picture of like your niece or nephew or your pet and someone does like there's it's you really want a certain type of reaction. You want them to think it's as special as you think. Right. Yeah. And then with this, it's like wanting people to be as you presented a, the very good reaction. But sometimes That's people are like, yeah, shit. sometimes people are like, oh, OK. And you're like, what? No, not okay. You haven't ever heard of this before. Fuck off. You know what I mean? I don't mean? know how you couldn't. I was like, oh, shoot, did I react the wrong way? I'm like, no, holy fuck, man. That's crazy. Congrats on being alive. <laughs> but so, you know, pretty clear, stark before, after situation yeah. there. I guess my question for you is, what is a moment like that for you where it's like before, and it doesn't have to be super grand and epic, but before you're one version of yourself and after you've become a different version. Uh, like like what I guess I'm not sure what the question is. Okay. It's a moment of transformation. Okay, so yeah. Some, so you're saying something that happens where it's like, wow, that was a pretty defining I was not the same after that moment. Oh, I feel like I have a lot of those. Of course. I think a lot of people have a lot of those. 
Are you talking about like an actual, like tangible event that happened to me? Um, or I think it, ideally, ideally, yes. But if it's abstract, we can we can parse that out as well. Yeah. So first, I thought you were saying like, what what if you were in a coma? What do you think would like what your what, <laughs> no, 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 no. I like it'd probably be like I'm in a show and I don't have the script <laughs> or something. Um, <laughs> like just perpetual nightmare. Um, which now I have questions for you though about about that. Well, when you start your podcast, we can talk about that then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The first thing that popped into my head was um, uh, I well, I think, you know, like any kind of like breakup can often be a, a defining thing like that. But the first thing that popped into my head is I got arre- I got arrested once and I went to um I went to Cook County for the night. Okay. And it was just, I, it was right after I graduated college, like literally days, I was moving to a new apartment and, um, I got, uh, arrested with like a small amount of drugs on me and they put me, uh, so I went to a couple different, a couple different stations And then eventually I ended up in this felony tank with like 40 women, no joke, like 40 women in a, I mean, I'm looking at my apartment. You have no idea (laughs) the size it was. It was was not a large space. Yeah. And, you know, some of those people were in there for murder and some of those people were in there for prostitution. And there was a, pregnant woman who was like a methadone addict like she was throwing up and shitting the entire time like it was just like a really um it was a dark place (laughs) and there were certainly a lot of people who probably shouldn't have been there but were um and my whole thing was like get through the night please please let me get out of here and at one point a um a like public defender came and one by one asked all of us, like, you know, we walk up to the bars and they ask all all of us the same questions. And it's like, do you have a high school degree? Do you have a college degree? Do you have any children? Do you have a job? And it's all these sort of just basic questions. But I was the, I was like one of the only people in there that, my answers were different than everyone else's. Like, I I think I was the only person in there who had a college degree, which uh, this is also not, uh, this is not me judging these people. Yeah. yeah, This is me saying these people have been trapped in a lot of ways Sure, and have been, and you know, have you been arrested before? Have you whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm hearing all these different women, you know, people are talking to each other, telling stories of like why they're in there. You know, there's one, one person who's kind of like ringleader is like white girl, white girl, why are you in here? You know, like, and, right. and I certainly wasn't the only white girl in there, but she was like white girl. <laughs> you were a white like, girl for the night. Me. Right. <laughs> were they like, um, were they screening people? That was the crazy thing. So I, you then have like a closed circuit, like judge TV thing, like see a judge. And I, Myself and two other women out of these 40 women were the only people who got out, who got bonded out that night. 
by anyone in particular that so that like no one had to pay no one had to pay for me like the judge bonded me out Oh, which which like that doesn't happen for most people yeah no doubt also i don't want to i like i'm okay but i'm eating some graham crackers because my i'm type (laughs) 1 diabetic and my blood sugar is low so just so you know yeah um, but I'm, understand. but I'm listening. Um, okay. So wait, did you react to the judge through the TV? Yeah. So it's like a closed circuit. T- pretty much. You just have to say like, yes or no. Like, honestly, some of this stuff too is like very foggy in my memory. Cause it's like 2008, 2009. Uh, and like some of it, I'm maybe blocking out, but, um, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, also there was one, one, one of the women that got out with me was Patricia. Patricia was a crack addict. She had like a Southern accent. It was like the skinny white lady, but she said she was from Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She was like, she was in every cell with me as like, as we got moved throughout the night. It's also like, it's very disorienting. Like you don't know where you are. They throw you into the back of a, of a, you know, paddy wagon and take you to the next place or whatever. And like, it's like, well, they don't have a female holding cell at this place. So they took us to this place. And then I ended up at Cook County. And I didn't, I didn't get like processed into Cook County. So like, I didn't have like, you know, a jumpsuit or anything like that, which, you know, some of those people, it's like, they can't, no one can pay for them to get out. So they just end up staying in Cook County. And that's, that was something that like, I, I realized afterwards. And I think this is to speak to your point of like feeling changed is that like, wow, like that is like a huge acknowledgement of like my own privilege like a huge like a a curtain coming up and being like whoa okay like like other people have been handed some shit you know like um in a way that you hadn't no i mean there's there were girls in there that were 18 that had that hadn't had any opportunities to graduate high school to graduate to go to college and had kids already and had been arrested before and had and it's like you just hear all these answers from all these people who are like like that's how people get stuck in that fucking awful system and they don't deserve to be there you know some of those women it's like it was a small drug charge and they don't deserve to be there um i'm not saying that i deserved to be there either i think like criminal like having a drug charge that's a felony is pretty fucking stupid. But, um, which like it's expunged from my record. It's not on my record. I went to right. drug school. Like Whoa. I didn't have to. There was that. De- there was certainly, um, um, a possibility that a judge could have made an example out of me and could have sent me to jail. Um, but, uh, they didn't. And that's also because, you know, my family helped me pay for a lawyer. Like that's also, and like the, you just could see how if the circumstances were slightly different, it could go very differently. And that was, I, I, other little things too. Like I, um, I, when you get out, they let you, you know, the, the, they give you back your shit but a lot of people don't get back all of their shit. If you had money, a lot of times you don't have any money in your wallet. When right, you get it back. right. I did have money in my wallet. Um, you know, you have these big, uh, I, we have a big F on your hand for felony. 
So you get out at Cook County and there's all these people like in cars and shit being like, hey, bird, bird. And they tell you like, do not take a ride from someone. Do not, do not whatever. And I got out with Patricia and Patricia immediately wanders up to some car. And I was like, no, no, come on. We're getting on the bus. We're getting on the bus. Like I'm paying for you. Right. And I walked back. We got on the bus. And at the time I like didn't know where the fuck I was. And you're on the California bus and the California bus like stops eventually. And so then like we walked the rest of the way through Humboldt Park. I lived in Logan, like my new apartment was in Logan Square. And I walked back with this, with this woman that I like, it's, it was absolutely a surreal nightmare. Like just like nothing you've ever experienced before. There's all sorts of weird things about jail too, or like about like being in a, you know, being in a holding cell, like it's fucking freezing. It's absolutely fucking freezing. And I had my period too. And they like wouldn't give me anything for my, like to, I was bleeding. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just shit like that where it's just like, you know, it's, I cannot stress enough, like how poorly people are treated. And I saw like this tiny little razor thin slice of, of what people go through in there. So I feel like it just changed my, it's, it shifted what I thought about my, I don't know. It just, it just shifted something, right? You just feel like I know more now. (laughs) I have more knowledge now than I, than I did before. Was this a big awakening where it was like, I never even considered these things before and like, holy shit. Or was it like, I've always heard about this in books and now I'm seeing it. Yeah, it was more like the second one. I mean, there were certain things that were obviously very surprising um, or just like arresting. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 